Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. says in the story, in the parable, everything is now 
ready. All things are already prepared. The banquet has already begun. Not just for those in heaven, but for us here on earth. So what are we talking about? Well, broadly, we're talking about God's invitation uh, to us all uh, to, to, to believe in him, to have faith in him. But, but where, where does faith come from? It comes from the gifts that he gives to us. And where does he give that? He gives it here at his great banquet, his great feast, the divine service, and, and especially in the great banquets of his holy supper. There is no separation between us and heaven. None. John says, we have crossed over from death to life. We just can't see it yet. The archway above me, here in our sanctuary, uh, there's a reason for this. When God prescribed, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, a temple to be built, uh, he prescribed the, the way, the blueprints, uh, how to build the sanctuary. Uh, the sanctuary, where the people were, uh, and the most uh, sacred or the most holy place, uh, was to be continually divided by a curtain. And on that curtain was embroidered the heavens. So as the people were out here in the sanctuary and they looked this way, they saw a picture of what was literally on the other side of the curtain because that is where God dwelt with the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat of God. God was really there. But the moment that Jesus died on the cross, that curtain was torn in two from top to bottom and there was no more separation between God and and people, man and God, heaven and earth. There is no curtain anymore. You have access to heaven. And how does God invite you or give you that access? Well, he invites you through the word, which is preached or, or heard right here, and through baptism. And, and what did Jesus say the night before he died? He said, take heed. This is my body. Take drink. This is my blood. Do this often in remembrance of me. Heaven comes to you. Heaven is here because Jesus is here. It's been said that if you can do something to get into heaven, if even there's the slightest chance that heaven is gained by your working or, or your love, then, then you should not be. You should be out there working your tail off heaven comes to you in the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is, as he says, the word. And as he says, this is my body, this is my blood. If heaven comes here in the person of Jesus, and there's nowhere else on earth you should be. Now, this parable is very good at making Pharisees, because we can all think, uh, of someone who, who, who isn't here that, that should be, right? And we might even think, well, at least I'm not working or getting married uh, or listening on the radio or podcast or live streaming. But before you go there, and we all can do that, before you go there, think of the examples Jesus uses, which he uses on purpose. Now, two of the excuses match legitimate Old Testament reasons for refraining from military service. If you just planted a field, or you just got married, those were uh, two Old Testament legitimate reasons for taking leave from military service. So essentially, Jesus says, if your country calls you to service, there are legitimate reasons for not going. However, not even excuses that are good enough for the military 
are good enough reasons for forsaking God's invitation to come to his grace. Grace being grace. Now, some of those standards might seem kind of odd to us today, so imagine if Jesus used common leave standards today. The birth of a child, a serious health condition, taking care of someone with a serious health condition. Now you begin to see just how impossible it actually is to never forsake God's invitation. Because in the past year and a half, every single one of us, myself included, has used one of these excuses. For some of us, they shouldn't sell radios to us, or food, or the ability to work, or fill in the blank. Whatever God, good thing God has given to us, if we use it as an excuse or it takes precedence over God's great banquet, which has already begun, we've, we've made it bad. We've made it an idol. In fact, you don't even need to be physically absent. You could be here, but your mind is still at home, at work, or, or who knows where it is. You are even focused on your goodness rather than the promised gift. Church itself can be a good gift that we have the potential to make bad. Now, can we always do this perfectly and always be here? No, of course not. This is why the most comforting thing in this parable is that the master says all things are now ready, that they are already prepared. God has prepared the banquet not because of the things I've done, not because I'm worthy to receive it, uh, but he's prepared them to atone and forgive the things I've done. And forgiveness is the first order of business that we do here. Heard again in the sermon and then received again in the Lord's Supper. Forgiveness is always here. Wherever there's forgiveness, there's life and salvation. There is heaven. The divine service with the gifts of heaven is always here. And all things are already prepared. That's why we hear in the service, lift up your heart. We pray that God would tune our hearts, our minds, and our bodies to hear and receive what he has to give. And what we're saying is that we don't have what we need, and we can't get it out there. We need to be lifted up. We are the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. We're too poor to buy the food we need. We're too crippled and blind to work, and so we're unable to rest. We're paralyzed and undesirable for marriage. Unable to even fulfill the purposes of marriage. And once we're humble like this, only then do we begin to have an, ad, a, a, an appetite for the great banquet. St. Augustine once said in a sermon, show me a lover and he'll understand. Show me someone who wants something, someone hungry, as someone wandering in this wilderness, as someone thirsting and longing for the fountains of his eternal home. Show me and he'll know what it means to be invited or drawn in by God. As Christ says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So you and I come here not filled up already, but poor beggars, weary from the past six days, hungry and thirsty. You and I do not need to be filled up on things out in the world. Uh, rather, we need to be hungry in it. We need to be lifted up from this world. 
God gives us good things not to be ends in themselves, not to fill up our time and our resources, but to increase our desire for him. Again, think of the example Jesus uses. Planting or farming or buying food. What did Jesus give here? He says, my body is food indeed. And John says, I am the bread of life, Jesus says. His word is the seed that is sown into the ground that brings forth new and eternal life. Working with the oak boxes. I work today so I can rest tomorrow. But what did Jesus give here? What did he say in Matthew 11? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, my work upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Getting married, wonderful, but what is the Holy Christian Church other than the Bride of Christ? And the Lord's Supper, what is it but the marriage feast of the Lamb? The great banquet that has already begun. You are free always to do other things. Christ does not force you to come to his great banquet. But he does invite you. So what does this mean for you? If you have a radio, use it to increase your desire to hear God's word face to face. And if you're physically unable to do that, know that's why you call me to be your pastor. And to come to you in whatever circumstance. If you have a computer and watch church online, use it to make you hunger for the real thing. If you farm or grow food, or even cook food or go out to eat for food, let it increase your desire for true heavenly food. If you have a job, don't use it to, to increase your desire for a vacation. Let it increase your desire for true rest in Jesus. If you're married, don't let your spouse become your ultimate love. Rather, let your love, which you only know and you've come to know because Jesus first loved you, let your love and your marriage increase your desire for your true heavenly spouse, the bridegroom Jesus. In him all your wants and needs are filled. And they are continually met because the great banquet is already prepared. Come because everything is now ready. Ready for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be forevermore. Amen.